Welcome to MLD Wealth, Money Matters, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights on the market and economy. Hosted by Chad Larson, top-ranking portfolio manager at CG Wealth Management and founder of MLD Wealth Management. In this podcast, Chad shares concise, clear and authentic views on the market, helping gain greater clarity on the current state of the investment landscape facing investors. Hey guys, Chad Larson with MLD Wealth. Uh, it's 2023 and I uh, wanted to come to you quickly with our 2023 outlook. Um, <clears throat> wrapping up on 2022, um, with Friday's losses last week, the S&P fell 19.4% in 2022. Its largest calendar year decline since the great financial crisis of 2008. The NASDAQ fell just over 33%. And the bond market suffered through its worst year in modern history. Nothing worked. Cash worked. With that behind us, what does 23 look like? Sadly, not great. But there is lining on the clouds, and let me explain. There are still plenty of risks that could return us to the exceptionally volatile environments that we saw in the first half of 22. So far, a settlement in the Russia-Ukraine war does not seem close at hand, and the impact of the price cap on Russian oil is uncertain. Political instability in the Middle East, while far from new, has the potential to deal another blow to energy markets at a time when the supply-demand balance is already precarious. Thus, our cautiously optimistic global economic outlook remains fraught with substantial risks. So if that intro didn't make anyone feel negative, um, let me explain. Um, This is going to be the three R's, recession, recovery, and rebound. A fitting symmetry of a bull market that began during the pandemic with huge liquidity surge is now reconciling itself into a bear market grappling with massive liquidity drain. As many factors coalesce simultaneously to tighten financial conditions, high inflation at the end of pandemic-related transfer payments, free money, reduced real disposable income in 22. However, real spending growth remain more resilient as consumers unleashed a lot of pent-up demand and shifted focus from goods spending to services spending. 23 might actually see the situation reverse as the drivers of inflation, oil prices, food prices, wage gains, and productivity gave way to the pace of inflation drops. We do expect a U.S. recession in the first half of 23, as well as a continued global economic slowdown as last year's hawkish monetary policy and money growth slowdown works with a lag. These things take time. That should drive down corporate earnings growth and create important inflection point for investors over the next nine to 12 months. From a market perspective, we prefer to step deliberately through this kind of turbulence as the US economy weathers the fastest pace of real rate tightening in modern history. Bear markets are ultimately a function of price and time we believe both will run their course in 23. We will expect 23 to be a volatile and challenging year as we make this transition. Paradoxically, we believe it may create strong opportunities for investors to reposition for growth and back into more pro-risk stance as the next economic recovery and bull market emerge. This outlook, guys, it, it offers a roadmap of hopefully some specific advice and guidance for the coming year and some of the positioning strategies that we're employing. But as I regularly impress upon our team, advice is only as good as what can be understood and applied. And it's our job to make these words have shape 
meaning and impact for you as an investor. And we take that role extremely seriously and exercise it with the utmost care. On behalf of MLD, I wanna thank you for the trust you extend us as our clients. Now, while global growth is set to worsen for some of 23, we also expect markets to start focusing on the recovery that lies beyond. We believe this calls for dynamic portfolios that are ready to pivot as a sequence of potential opportunities unfold. This includes quality investments amid present uncertainty and exposure to the sources of long-term growth. We've been talking lots over the last year about the Fed pivoting and the Fed, the Fed this, the Fed that, and that you know the market bottom would never be called uh, until the Fed pivoted. Um, I think a lot of it in, in sentiment and enthusiasm by market participants, you know, now we're looking at, you know, when will the Fed at least pause um, and, and slow down the hikes? We're starting to see that, but a pause is not a pivot. The markets will lead and the economy will follow. And that's something we've talked a lot about. The news is going to get bad. The market trades ahead of the news and looks forward into the other side of that. So as this the economic tape starts to really unwind and some of the lagging effects of you know the, the fastest hikes in history that we've seen in modern history, um, the news is gonna get bad. Job loss is, is gonna be real. A lot of the job loss that we saw was job postings. There was such amount of labor needed um, when demand came back online, um, regardless of supply constraints. That all like I, you know I need to hire three or four people. That's been our, our goal over the next uh, year. If we see things slowing down, we just decide not to hire those people. Are those actual job loss? Technically, you know they don't show up in the numbers, but you know I would argue that not hiring people, you know that which was in our plan, um, is the same as job loss. So a lot of the job loss has been absorbed by just job postings being canceled. We haven't seen unemployment rise superfluously quite yet. Um, but listen, markets in 23, uh, will lead the economic recovery, um, we foresee in 24. So therefore we expect 23 may ultimately provide a series of meaningful opportunities for investors who are guided by relevant market precedents. First though, we need to get through a recession in the U S that has not started yet. We believe the feds current and expected tightening will reduce nominal spending. Uh, by more than half. It'll raise U.S. unemployment above five and cause at least a 10% decline in corporate earnings. The Fed will likely reduce the demand for labor sufficiently to slow services inflation, just as high inventories are already curtailing goods inflation. The relative health of corporate and personal balance sheet has delayed an economic downturn for now. Household borrowing is sustained is sustaining growth presently, but this deceiving is likely unsustainable and especially given financial market and real estate price deflation, housing prices coming down. Also when short-term rates are higher, there's a natural bias to defer purchases. I remind you and as investor that over the past hundred years, no bear market associated with the recession has bottomed before the recession has ever begun. Of course, there's a first time for everything, but we believe the current bear market rally is based on premature hopes that the recession will not occur, a so-called soft landing, and that there will not be a meaningful decline in corporate earnings. Having been positioned incredibly well through 2023 and carrying elevated weights of cash, having exposure to sectors such as energy, we weathered this storm, I, I, I can't stress this enough, so significantly better than our peers, but I also am respectful of the fact that Relative performance versus absolute performance is not something that pays the bills. Um, 
Second, we need to get through a deeper recession in Europe as it struggles through its winter of energy scarcity and inflation. And we also need to see a sustained economic recovery in China, whose prior regulatory policies and current COVID policies curtail domestic growth. Thirdly, we need to see the Fed truly pivot. Ironically, when the Fed does finally reduce rates for the first time in 23, an event that we expect after several negative employment reports, it will do so at a time when the economy is already weakening. We think this will mark a turning point that will portend the beginning of a sustained economic recovery in the U.S. and beyond in the coming years. I want to talk to something about the great hangover. The post-COVID economic boom of 21 has given way to a bad hangover as we head into 23. As with any day after pain, today's headache will not last. But many investors find it difficult to imagine recovery. We believe change for the better will come in 23, even as markets face challenges along the way. Growth and inflation were never destined to stay in their previous narrow ranges, given the COVID shock and the war in Ukraine. Much of today's economic distortion derives from unusual disruptions to supply and vast, unpredictable swings in demand. Aggregate demand stimulus was not the right medicine for these problems. Stimulating demand without stimulating supply generated painfully high information. You gave people money, but you didn't give businesses you know, the, the money and the opportunity to ramp up. One way to avoid a compounding uh, hangover is to stop drinking. Tightening fiscal and monetary policy is the economic equivalent of that. U.S. federal spending has fallen 11% year to date. Real consumer goods spending has fallen about one, uh, with the bulk of Fed monetary tightening impact yet to come. The slowdown in consumer spending and a sharp rise in goods inventory will put the brakes on global trade growth and corporate profits in 2023. What might mark the bottom markets amid the coming recession? As usual, producers will overreact to demand weakening, cutting output too far. With several months of that moment, within several months of that moment, the excessive caution will be followed by reports of falling inventories. Such data points will be among the preconditions for recovery. Earnings per share will likely only follow equities higher with the past lag having been about six months. Positioning for a year of challenges and change. Across 2022, investors braced for the forecast 2023 recession. The resulting bear market is well underway, although incomplete. A new bull market has never begun before a recession has even started. And most typically, a bull market begins around the midway stage of recession. The very strong communications of the Fed's intentions and the year of bearish anticipation may see markets bottom somewhat sooner than usual. However, as of late 20, November of 2022, a recessionary decline in employment and corporate profits had not even begun. Within 2023, we expect investors to start discounting 2024's recovery. Only twice in the past century, including the Great Depression, did U.S. equities take more than two calendar years to find a lasting bottom. But further losses might still come. One of the things we're talking about and we're hearing a lot of uh, debate from clients and conversations are diversified portfolios still a better option than cash. Perhaps disheartened by the 2022 market sell-off and enticed by rising interest rates, some investors wonder whether making substantial allocations to cash is becoming a viable strategy. 
we recognize that cash is now a less unattra- is less unattractive as it used to be, and we have tactically upgraded it to neutral. We held a lot of cash through the last year, waiting for market opportunity and being decently compensated for that. But our strategic allocation to cash remains low going forward, and we see three reasons to remain diversified across asset classes. First, whilst cash rates have indeed increased, so have risk premium across global markets. Second, regardless of whether the Fed Fed gets inflation under control, history shows that most asset classes should outperform cash in both scenarios, which strengthens the case for diversification. Finally, following a historic repricing episode, we believe that fixed income is now offering positive excess returns over cash rates, and this is reflected in our strategic asset allocation for 2023. To get some idea of potential asset class performance in the forthcoming period outside of our core scenario, we have to venture away from post-global financial crisis experience of near zero interest rates and base our scenarios on periods with high cash rates, the 70s, when cash rates were high and inflation kept escalating. And we're also going to look at the 80s, when cash rates were equally elevated, but inflation was brought under control. Evaluating both scenarios can give us some insight on what we may reasonably expect, regardless of whether the Fed gets inflation under control in the coming years. The first inference to be made from these scenarios is that most asset classes tend to outperform cash, even when cash rates are elevated, reinforcing the case for remaining invested in diversified portfolio. Equities are particularly sensitive to inflation dynamics. They may struggle to do better Uh, than cash if inflation remains problematic. Think of the 70s. But they should deliver superior returns if monetary policy makers regain control, like in the 80s. Broad commodities remain a relevant hedge against particularly severe inflationary episodes, and we saw that benefit us significantly through 2022. And perhaps most interestingly, fixed income outperforms cash in both reflationary and disinflationary scenarios. In our strategic asset allocation update for 2023, we are marginally increasing our allocation of fixed income. We are putting particular emphasis on inflation-linked bonds, and as their real yields have returned to levels not seen in more than a decade. Tactically, we increased our cash allocation to neutral going into this year, but as its neutral wage, cash still represents the smallest percentage allocation in our diversified multi-asset portfolios. And we continue to advocate broad diversification across the investable asset classes as a time-tested strategy for the long run. If 2022 was the year of policy shock and awe, 2023 will be the year of living it. With that, you know, I'm going to publish kind of a long, um, takeaway uh, along with this. I know verbal is great and, you know, the the, the, uh, the visual component of it, maybe like seeing my face, um, but I'm happy and any member of our team is available for call. Um, the worst of this is over. You know, I'd love to have, you know, it's January 3rd, I'm sitting at my desk and I'd love to tell you it's it's straight to the top right, but, you know, back to those three words of recession, recovery, and rebound, um, they happen fast. You know, the worst, the, the, the anticipation of this and the unwinding of so much stimulus into the market, you know, hit hard um, along with the double whammy of the worst 
performing fixed income and bond market in modern history. You know, I think a U.S. balanced investor, a 60-40 portfolio for a U.S. investor uh, last year uh, was almost negative 20. You know, the goalie did not play any defense. I'm very, very happy um, of of 2023 and on a relative returns basis. Um, and I think we have the game plan and the roadmap in front of us. And I'm very excited about it because as the economic data really weakens, we're going to see the opportunity uh, through recovery. Uh, money's not made every year. When big returns happen, you want to make sure that your upside capture uh, is in line. And it's a concept that I've uh, had discussions with many of you over the last number of years, um, I've always felt that, you know, the Shangri-La or the perfect portfolio is one that, you know, has, you know, significantly more upside capture than downside capture. And, you know, that, you know, what we can expect is, you know, your upside capture, unless you're taking on undue risk, you know, in a balanced diversified portfolio is likely, you know, less than one. You know, I give the example, if the market goes up by 10, and you have 80% uh, upside capture, you're going to go up eight. You know, if the market, you know, then you want to have downside capture you know, inversely correlated. If the market goes down 10 and you only have 20% downside capture, you're going to go down two. Over time, that formula allows for outperformance, but without taking undue risk. And so it's our job, uh, my job as portfolio manager, to position portfolios um, during times where we, the horizon looks cloudy to ensure that downside capture is is minimized. Um, but at some point this year, and I've been talking about it, our cash weightings have uh, never been higher. Uh, we've flexed our cash, you know, throughout since going back into the, the onset of the COVID pandemic, we have flexed our cash weightings, you know, aggressively um, to lean into opportunity, but more so to tilt away from risk. Um, and I'm looking forward through 2023 as the markets, the minute it starts to look forward into the recovery, the markets will move. So we expect a little bit more pain, you know, if I had to be a betting man, which we try not to be, we try to be as calculated as possible. You know, markets could see probably another 10% decline. And then it's, uh, you know, it's going to be looking to be positioned for that ultimate recovery and rebound. Um, as always, feel free to drop me a line, um, set up a coffee, have a call. Um, thank you again so much. Uh, all the best in 2023 to you and your loved ones and have a great day. Thank you. The comments expressed in this podcast are the results of work done by MLD Wealth Management. They may differ from the opinion of Canaccord Genuity Corp and should not be considered as representative of Canaccord Genuity Corp beliefs, opinions, or recommendations. All views expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. The statements expressed herein are not intended to provide tax, legal, or financial advice and under no circumstances should be construed as solicitation to act as a securities broker or dealer in any jurisdiction. All views are intended for general circulation only and do not have any regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or general needs of any particular person, organization, or institution. Please do not hesitate to contact us should you want to know more about the information contained in this video or have any related questions. Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management in Canada is a division of Canaccord Genuity Corp member, Canadian Investor Protection Fund, and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.